Welcome to Ukulele is a New Black. I'm Meredith Harper and I love to play the ukulele. In this podcast, I talk to ukulele players to find out why they play ukulele, what they love about it and how it's changed their lives. I wanted to play an instrument because musicians are so cool and I wanted to be cool. Well, the world's a scary place at the moment. I got home from my shorter-than-expected overseas trip a week ago and I've been at home in self-isolation since then. Fortunately, I have plenty of interviews recorded, so I'll be able to continue to take your mind off things with more chats with ukulele players over the next few months. And hey, it gives me something to do. Today's episode is the final one I recorded at the Blue Mountains Ukulele Festival back in February. This time with Chantelle Reardon, otherwise known as Chantelle and Duke. Chantelle is a percussionist who discovered the joy of the little stringed instrument and now she is absolutely hooked. Enjoy. Because it's the new black. The ukulele player, introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Chantelle Reardon. I have a name that no one can spell, so I go under the stage name Chantelle and Uke, which incidentally no one can spell. (laughs) (laughs) Oh well, you were just meant to be unspellable. Yeah. (laughs) So we're here in the lovely Blue Mountains. We are. It's so gorgeous here and it's, it's raining. It's raining so much, which normally is like, ugh, but we're saying yay because mm-hmm. we just, um, Australia has been a very dry place lately. Um, so we're here for the Blue Mountains Ukulele Festival and I have never met you before, but now yeah. I have. <laughs> no, it's very, it's great to meet you in person for sure. I've been listening to the podcast, so it's good to put the face to the name. Is it anything like what you thought? Because it's always freaky when you hear someone and they never look like their voice. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. It's all okay. Good. I always struggle with it because you, know, you do. You always get the picture in your mind and then you meet them and think, no, that's not you. <laughs> you don't look like that. <laughs> so tell me, why ukulele? What made you start playing ukulele? Yeah, it's, it's kind of a weird story of how I got to it, I think. Um, basically, I'm a percussionist. So I've been playing in community bands for about 11 and a half years. I play um, xylophone, timpani, drum kit, and I started there as an adult beginner as well. And I've been doing that in concert bands, brass bands, orchestras, and percussion was kind of my world. And what happened was the band had to play a gig all day. And it's not fair on the players and their, their chops, their cheeks, to actually play all day. So we split into small groups. And someone said we should maybe do like a little ukulele ensemble thing for this gig. And I thought, well, I've got a red mahalo sitting in the cupboard my brother gave me as a joke. Awesome. Yeah, Yeah, they're great, those red mahalos. I thought, I'll pull it out and I'll see if I can learn some of those chords. Um, And just sort of blitzed it. Um, Only thing was that it went out of tune pretty quick. So she loaned me a soprano and I got addicted Um, every night I'd be itching to get home and I'd be, you know, what can I learn tonight? And, you know, I was like, I wonder if anyone has thought to make a YouTube video on how to play ukulele. Turns out that there's a few, one or two. Yeah. Yeah. Just a few out there. (laughs) Exactly. Um, so I would just kind of get home and I'd be watching YouTube and just trying to learn how to play. Um, and eventually I had to hand that soprano back and went straight up the shop and bought a little Carla concert. And mm. yeah, just learned how to play. Excellent. And you seem to be doing it now. I just well, we won't we won't spoil it for the listeners. I I have heard you play some songs, but we will play some more soon. So you essentially YouTube taught and self taught. Pretty much, yeah. Definitely in the beginning, YouTube. I'm now in the last few months. I've been getting more formal 
you know, tuition and just trying to get proper guidance because I find that there's a lot of gaps and, you know, I've learned by YouTube, I've learned by attending workshops at every festival I can possibly get to and I just listen and I, I read a lot. I, you know, just try and take on all of that feedback from people that know more than me and just try and, you know, put that into my playing. But of course there's always gaps. So, at, you know, in the last few months I've sort of been trying to, you know, increase that in a more formal way and, and fill those gaps. And actually, festivals are so good, I think, for those workshops. I've learned a lot of those. Yeah. Yeah. So when you say a more formal way, do you actually like concentrating on certain things or getting lessons on things? Yeah, I've been getting private lessons um, and I signed up for the online artist work school. Um, so I've been getting you know tips from that as well. So oh, that's okay. been really good. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Because I, I always wonder about the online ones, how, how good they are. So yeah, I've, it's helpful. I've got a lot out of it. I mean, um, you know, you go through and you watch all of the beginner content and you just make sure that you, you know, you know those scales, you know, and you know those techniques and you just, all of a sudden I'm starting to apply some of these things into my playing. So that's kind of nice to see that my playing is definitely improved just by doing that. Yeah, by, by treating it like an instrument, which it sounds so obvious, but most ukulele players, mm-hmm. um, most of us are quite slow to learn that, myself included. <laughs> I mean, it, it is. I mean, you know, if someone was learning piano, if they were learning guitar, if they were learning saxophone, an instrument is an instrument, and a ukulele is no different, you know. Um, I sometimes say to people that, you know, playing ukulele is a lot like photography, right? Because if you're a photographer you can put your camera into auto and you can get something pretty decent pretty quickly, right? And the ukulele enables that. And that is such a powerful thing that it can help beginners come along and play this, you know, gorgeous little instrument very quickly and be able to really enjoy music. Um, But like photography, you know, if you really learn those controls, if you learn how, you know, the shutter speed and the aperture and all of those, how those controls actually function, then that's where the magic happens. And it's the same with the instrument. If you put that work into learning the controls or the techniques rather, um, that's where you solidify as a player, in my opinion, anyway. So how long have you been playing? I've been playing uke um, just under four years. Just under four years. So, yeah, kind of still recent, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you seem to come a, come a long way because you, you, you perform solo, which is I a, do. It's a very brave thing. It's a scary thing. <laughs> Trust me, I know. Um, you know, the, the transition to being a performer was unexpected for me. Um, definitely not something that I ever thought I would be doing. Um, if you had said to me three years ago that I'd be singing in public, I probably would have laughed at you. Um, if you had said that I'd be, you know, being interviewed for a podcast about my solo ukulele playing, insane. I would have thought you were probably insane. So. <laughs> um, but yet here I am. And, you know, it's it started because of the instrument. You know, I had been playing percussion. You can't really sing along to percussion. It's not no. really the same. No. I found, I guess, going the other mm-hmm. way around, singing and trying to play percussion is hard because the rhythms aren't, aren't the same of the melody. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Especially as a drummer, like you've already got four limbs doing different things. You yeah. add in voice into that. That's just, it's too hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the ukulele, when, you know, when, once I started getting obsessed with this little thing, um, you know, because I played so much percussion, I knew that the playing of the instrument and what I was doing on the uke was solid enough it needed to be performed. So I thought, okay, I need to get out there and perform with this thing. But they came with one tiny little catch, and that was that I'd have to sing in public. And I was 
terrified at the idea. <laughs> have you have you experienced that sort of thing, or are you always a natural singer? I let me think. It's I've always been an, a singer in the shower mm-hmm. and in the car, as yep. we all do. I've always wanted to sing. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time I did it was actually before ukulele. That was sort of singing with a small. Um, I won't say quite. Look, this is a story I probably won't go into today. It's a long story. But there was basically a small group of people singing, and I always thought I could sing until I got up there in front of the microphone and tried it and thought, that didn't sound quite as good as I thought it would. <laughs> um, but the thing I've but, – but I still – I kept at it, and the thing I learned about singing is the more you do it, the better you get. Yeah. Um, a few lessons help too, yeah. but so much of it is just about practice and confidence. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree. I mean, when I decided I'm going to do this, I, you know, thought my <laughs> the the strangest game plan, right? In in hindsight, what was I thinking? But I thought, okay, my game plan is that I want to perform the instrument. Maybe if I go do some singing lessons, because I didn't think I was particularly any good, because I have a lot of friends that are amazing singers. So I'm like, who am I? I don't sound anything like them. I'm not any good. And so I thought, okay, well, I'll go get some lessons. And then hopefully, maybe in six months, 12 months, I might be good enough and I'll go just do an open mic. And that was going to be it, you know, because I'm a percussionist. I'm not a ukulele player, <laughs> you know. And, uh, and I, I started going to open mics. And uh, well, what happened was I went to my first singing lesson and the teacher pretty much straight away sent me out to open mics. Wow. Immediately. Yeah. Um, very first lesson. She's like, get out there. And, you know, you're absolutely right. Like, it's just regularly doing it and putting yourself you know the first one it look it wasn't great right you know my knees were rattling and my voice went high pitched because I forgot to breathe and all of those things but the more you do it you get used to it you know I was scared of microphones I was scared of foldbacks I was scared of audiences um I was scared of different venues, whatever the first song was going to be. Um, there were a whole bunch of things that I had to get used to. And it took, I think, almost a year before I was comfortable on stage. Hmm. And now when people see me, they go, if you've been doing this forever, like, you're so comfortable <laughs> and confident. And I'm like, well, no, actually no. So what did you sing at the first open mics? I sang... Um, Dream a little dream of me and can't help falling in love with you. Both good choices. Yeah. Are you going to play one of those now? I can play one of those for you now. Oh, this is um, Dream a Little Dream of Me. Stars fading, but I'll leave 
You said before that you got that concert, Carla, but clearly you don't have that anymore. I don't have that you anymore. You took that out of its case before and I jumped up with excitement because it's my favourite ukulele. It's a cola. <laughs> it's one my favourite thing at the moment in the entire world is my beautiful new koaloa. It's a slimline tenor, so it's very thin-bodied. It almost looks like a travel uke, um, but it's not. It's just a, a slimline. Um, it's got a low G and a pickup as well. And this is my new favorite thing that I own. I just can't stop playing it. Every yeah. time I get home, I'm like, where's my uke? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really nice. So you've got a beautiful color lower too. I, I just do. had a play of that. So yeah. what have you got? What is that? So mine's similar to yours, except it's not the slim line. It's just the, it's the right. standard size. But otherwise, I think it's, it's pretty much the same. Yeah. Um, I don't ever know. I, I went to the factory and it was on the shelf and I picked it up and I played it. That's all I know is it's my favorite thing. So but how did you pick it in the factory? What was it that called that one, do you think? I wanted a tenor. Mm-hmm. And when I looked, cause, and they don't in the factory, they don't have, you know, it's not like a shop. They, mm-hmm. they basically have one of each. They don't have a lot of stuff stock in the factory. But I just looked and I thought, well, that's a tenor. I wanted a tenor. It's really pretty. And I just pulled it down and played it. And it was just, it was just the best thing I'd ever played. Mm-hmm. And then when I discovered it already had the pickup and the, and the low G and all the things I'd wanted, but it was, it was meant, meant for me. It was yeah. just mine. So, yeah. And it's so pretty. And I still, even people who don't play ukulele don't, will look at it and say, oh, it's just so beautifully made. That's one yeah. of the things I love about the it. The craftsmanship on these is just stunning. And, yeah. you know, the thing, I can do things on this ukulele that I just can't do on my previous tenor ukulele, my main ukulele I've had for the last couple of years. You know, and I always assumed it was me, you know, that I just hadn't practiced enough and, you know, my skill just wasn't quite there. Um, and I pick this ukulele up and I can just instantly do them. And it, I still can't do them on the old one. So yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It's interesting. And yeah. I think it's the action. I think that the string height is a little lower. It just makes yeah. it a little bit easier to yeah, play. Yeah, mine's a bit lowered as well. You know, the, yeah. the neck's probably a little thinner. It's just everything about this it's, thing it's is... It's comfortable to play, isn't it? Nice. Yeah. yeah. Alan and Paul, I'd like some sponsorship. Thank you. No. <laughs> Meredith needs they get all sponsorship. This, they get all this free advertising, but it is because I love the ukulele. They don't, they, trust me, they don't pay me. I, this is not an ad. <laughs> I like it. Anyway, we'll stop talking about Koaloha ukuleles. So, um, yeah, so you did the open mics mm-hmm. for quite a while. Um, so where do you play now? Are you, are you still doing the open mics or are you doing? have you moved on to, to more yeah. things, things where people pay you? <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. I don't get paid a lot. Um, but, you know, it's nice to just be, you know, paid a little bit to help cover fuel and travel and things. That's really nice. Yeah, it's, it's more it's like a little paid holiday in a way. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's yeah. I guess it's an acknowledgement that, mm. that you actually, you know, that, that you're good, that, that people want to hear you. Yeah. Um, rather than just so. turning up and, and, and having them roll their eyes. Otherwise, they travel a long way if they don't want to hear me. <laughs> <laughs> well, no one's paid me to play yet. Oh. <laughs> so. 
Yeah, I mean, look, the the journey from open mics, um, you know, it, it really did take about a year just getting used to it. And, you know, from that point, people were sort of saying, you know, you should put in to do this local event. And I was, I still, you know, I've, I've constantly had low self-esteem. I've just always um, felt that I wasn't good enough, you know, like who am I to be doing this, you know. And I got picked out of things and, and, and people are like, you know, you're amazing. And I'm like, yeah, you don't really believe them at an open mic because you're only as good as the other people around you. So, you know, I kind of went, well, I'm probably not that good. And people are like, you know, you should put in to do this event or you should probably put in to do this festival or, you know, and okay, well, I'll do that. And the response has been nuts. You know, people really like what I do. I have repeat audience coming from interstate festivals coming for, you know to my set just because they saw me play somewhere else they're like you're amazing we've got to come see you again and it's just really validating I think to know that I'm you know on the right path that I should be doing this so, and I kind of regret not doing it earlier <laughs> <laughs> oh look you know never too late and so do you believe them now when they say you're good uh, I know I'm not bad. I wouldn't say I'm good. <laughs> I think that, you know, I, I think that you can't ever say that you're good because there's always more to learn, you know. It's oh, never-ending. You, you can still be good. You're not gonna be, never going to be perfect, I think. Yeah. That's, the, that's the difference. But you can absolutely be good. Yeah. But good isn't – there's always still – you can always get better than good. Yeah. yeah. Or you can be good in different ways. I'm always learning. Like, I'm constantly trying new things. Um, you know, I've got this beautiful, very expensive cola um, that I can't stop putting down. So I'm like, well, you know what? I'm going to learn how to use this thing. I'm going to learn as much as I can. I'm not just going to strum in the first three frets. And I spent time and learned where all the notes are. I've started finding alternate chord shapes up the neck and I've started using them. Um, and, you know, learning more about the instrument has just really enriched what I'm able to do with it. So aside from your playing at open mics and people paying you to, pay, to play, which is awesome, <laughs> um, what else do you do from a community perspective? So who else do you play with? Yeah, so um, I, I helped start a group um, down in Cranbourne, which is in the southeast suburbs of Melbourne. And what happened was I found that most ukulele groups meet on Tuesday nights. I don't know mm, why that is, but a lot of them meet on Tuesday nights. And Tuesday nights is my band night. That's right. my rehearsal night. So I'm at the band. I'm president of the band. Probably can't ditch them to go to a ukulele night. Um, so I kind of felt that I was missing out on groups. And, um, you know, I knew that I was solid enough to be able to teach beginners at least. I don't, you know, I'm not a flashy player by any means, but I'm solid and I can teach people, you know, things. And, um, you know, I said to a friend, you know, we should start a group. And she's like, look, we don't have a venue. We don't have insurance, like all the legalities. We can't do this. And a few weeks later, I happened to be at an event and the manager of the Balabala Community Centre said to me, Chantel, you play in the band. You don't happen to know anyone that plays ukulele that'd be willing to run a ukulele group here, do you? And I was like, are you serious? And she's like, yeah, do you know anyone? I'm like, yeah, me. <laughs> um, so we started it and, you know, we had a few groups, you know, like probably about 14 or something turn up the first time and it's grown. We now have 
a kids club we have a beginner class we have an intermediate group we have a performance ensemble i think they have more gigs than i do like they're very active in the community um and it's just such a wonderful ensemble they're so social with each other and they support each other and they just you know you can walk away from a session and leave them to work on something and you hear them helping each other and i love that that's That's one of my favorite things Yeah. So it must take a bit of your time to organise that. Yeah, I, I don't sleep much. <laughs> <laughs> so, because you have a day job as well. Yeah, we're so, more than full time. <laughs> so you have that, and you're also doing your gigs and mm-hmm. going to ukulele festivals and the band running, and the band. Yeah. And, so you do, and you still play percussion? And- I do. I do. I had to give up one of the bands. I was in the concert band and a brass band. The brass band um, have been amazing in teaching me percussion, um, but they compete at national band championships and, you know, there's only so much travel I can afford to do in a year. Um, and they travel around a lot. So I had to sort of make that call and I felt that pursuing the ukulele and the singing is definitely what I need to be doing um, rather than, you know, brass banding. So as much as I love it, and I really did, um, I think this is a, a better journey for me. Well, it's stretching yourself more, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And do you write songs? I do. I started doing that, um, I guess, a bit before last year. And it's been an interesting journey in doing that because there's so much that you've got to learn. Like, as a percussionist, I haven't had to learn theory. No, rhythm is really all you need, isn't it? Yeah. I hit the dots when they come up. It says play a B flat. I hit a B flat and I'm good. That's my job. Hit the B flat when the B flat comes up on the dots. Um, whereas, you know, with songwriting, you really need to learn about chord progressions, which chords belong together. Um, you know, there's a whole bunch of, you know, uh, knowledge that you really need to know in order to write songs. So I've been doing, I guess, a lot of homework behind the scenes in order to do that. Um, and I, you know, sort of wrote my first song by chance. It sort of came out in about half an hour and I was just like what is that like how does that happen um and I still play that one sometimes um but you know the more you do it of course the better you get at it and you know like playing the ukulele I go to a lot of festivals I go to a lot of workshops and every possible songwriting workshop I can get to I am there front row like I want to learn everything I possibly can and everyone has really great and unique ideas to help you get started so it's, it's been an interesting journey in that regard. And, you know, some of the songs have come with words first and some of them have come with music first. And, you know, sometimes I get really stuck and frustrated and, you know, want to throw the paper in the bin. But, <laughs> you know, it's just a, an interesting journey. Yeah. So you're going to play something you wrote? Yeah, I can play you a song. Um, this is a song that I wrote called In the Shadows. Now... Um, I wrote this one about my journey as a performer, about being too scared to take that risk, to take that chance and actually get out there and perform. Um, You know, it's just one of the biggest regrets now. I really should have done that a long time ago. So I wrote this song and it's, you know, I've been a backstage helper. I've been someone that does all the stage management and lays the cables out for everyone else and does their photography or literally holds the follow spotlight on them. You know, like I've done it all. Um... I've done everything behind the scenes to help other people with their performances and I've always shied away from the spotlight. So this song is about me sort of taking those risks and thriving 
since doing that. Um, and I must also add that I was very lucky to receive some expert assistance on this song. I had it already done. Um, and when I went to Sunshine Coast Ukulele Festival, um, I met the amazing Victoria Vox, who is an incredible songwriter. And um, I asked her for some feedback and she could have just given me a one you know, sentence answer, do this, go away, leave me alone, but she didn't. She sat with me for a substantial amount of time and really went through my song with me and helped me understand um, where I was you know, missing knowledge and, and gaps and um, helped me figure out how I can fix it. And I've since seen her again since then and um, she said, don't change a thing about it now. So it's all good oh, now. Good. Yeah, so it's really nice to be able to take that back to her as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this song is called In the Shadows. Shut 
perfect. I love that song. Thank you. Really nice. Yeah. And you've got some, twi- some you know, it sort of starts out quite simple with the chords, but then you get a little bit um, a little bit fancy as you go through there, I like you? to get a little bit fancy sometimes. You've got, you got some <laughs> nice progressions in there. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a really nice song, and I think it's kind of become like a personal anthem for me because it really does, you know, uh, explain my journey you know mm, in, yeah. in being too scared to have a have a go you know I the world has enough singers I don't need to be a singer <laughs> you know who, who wants to listen to me you know and all this self-doubt and really low self-esteem um, and you know since I've been on this journey it's just given me this huge amount of confidence and and people seem to really like it so you know it's really good it's just changed everything yeah it's great so what's next? I mean, you've, you've, you've achieved a lot in four years. Um, are you ever going to slow down? So you slow can down? I'm just, what's I this slow good? down business you speak of? No one does that, do they? No, of course no, not. No, no. Oh, whatever. Whenever I think I'm going to slow down, then I decide, oh, why not make a podcast? So, yeah. <laughs> Which takes no time at all. I mean, the, I mean, you have um, amazing um, guests that you've had on this podcast over the over the two, two years now. Two years, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is and you've had you three interesting, interesting people on. So yeah, don't slow down. You got you got great no, people. No, it's well, that's the great thing with you, Kalady. There are so many interesting people, and they all have a different story. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing I love about ukulele festivals is I get to meet them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the festivals are amazing. I mean, the first festival I ever went to was Melbourne. And, you know, I'd only been playing uke for a few months. I wasn't performing. I was still too scared at that point. And, um, you know, I went along and someone, t- like, tagged me and said, there's this event in, in Melbourne, you should go. And I'm like, I don't know anyone else that plays ukulele. And I thought, I've got to go do that. You know, how cool would that be? And I was blown away by what a ukulele festival is. I mean, they had, you know, trade stalls. They had um, workshops. They had amazing entertainers. They had open mic. I went in, watched the open mic, and a group of people were like, you know, we should get up and perform. And I was like, no, 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 I'm good. (laughs) You go for it. They're like, no, 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 up you come. And they must have figured out that I could sing. And then gradually, like, one by one, they just left the stage and just kind of left me oh. up there with, like, one other person who was kind of only playing and not singing. Oh, that's uncomfortable. And, and I was not I was not ready for it no. at that stage. And I was like, um, I'll, I'll get off the stage and give someone else another go. And they, well, the whole audience is like, no, you, you, you stay there. You keep going. I'm like, okay. And I was freaking out. <laughs> That's mean of them. Well, they could have at least stood there and, and, I think and, 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 and mimed. They were just impressed, I think. And the funny thing is I still see some of these people and they turn up in my audiences at festivals. I, I get to so many festivals and they turn up and they're like my little cheer squad in there and they're waving and it's so special to just see them all the time there. So it's, it's yeah. kind of good. But, yeah, lots of festivals. How many festivals would you do a year? Uh, I don't know that it's a per year kind of thing. I... I might, just, I might just rattle the ones I've done. Yeah, go so on. I've been to Mel. I've played at Melbourne Ukulele Festival, and I'm playing there again this year. Um, there's Hills Ukulele Festival in Emerald, and that's um, that's a great little festival up in the hills um, in Melbourne. Um, I've done Newcastle Ukulele. Yep. Um, that was really special. I got put on the concert hall stage um, in oh, 2018. Wow. Yeah, and I was like. That's a scary stage. Yeah. Me? Really? Yeah. Um, and that was just really special. Um, I've played at Spruik. 
I've played at Sunshine Coast Ukulele Festival and, of course, um, where we are now, Blue Mountains. Mountains yes, yeah. which they say is the biggest. And I, it, well, I think it is. And just yeah. looking at that list of people who are performing, I mean, I think there's about eight columns, so basically eight stages going at once yeah. pretty much all day tomorrow. It's it's massive. I need to wear my glasses to read the program. Oh, it's so small. It's so small. It. I, I printed it out on A3 and mm-hmm. I'm still, you know, well, I'm at that age where I have to take, I've moved further away from me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm doing this now. My listeners can see me doing this now. <laughs> She's doing the, um, the, the old trombone with her hands. <laughs> and then kind of peer and think, oh, yeah, you can just see that. So yeah. I do it, although I do have reading glasses. I do put yeah. those on. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's all of those festivals. And um, last year I went on a ukulele holiday. I took myself on a holiday. Nice. So what does that involve? Well, what happened was um, I saw saw an event that was happening in Colorado, um, which was a songwriting, arranging and performance for ukulele event that's held in um, Fort Collins, Colorado by Danielle at the Sandwich and Victor and Penny. And it's called Wonderstruck Ukulele Academy. And I saw it come up the year before, and I just couldn't get there. I just thought, that looks so great, but I just can't get there. And it came up again, and I thought, if it comes up again, I've got to do it. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go do it. But I thought, if I'm going all the way to Colorado, you at least want to get another event in, you know. Yeah. And I could only get a week off work at the time. So I thought, okay, where am I going to go? And my plan was... I'm very good at making plans. Um, my plan was that I would try and find a ukulele festival somewhere on the East Coast. The idea of that being is that in between that festival and the Colorado Festival, I could go to Disney World. That makes perfect sense to me. Well, I found a festival in Florida. There was the Tampa Bay Ukulele Getaway, um, and that was held um, in November, and it was a week out from the other event. Um, and it had amazing acts. It had um, not only Victoria Vox, who I mentioned I met at Sunshine Coast, but it had Sarah Mazel and Craig Chi, um, who run the Artistworks program that I'm now signed up to, and I'm learning a lot from them, which is amazing. Um, but also, like, a whole bunch of other really great ukulele personalities. So we had, like, Mim from Mim's Ukes and Petey Mack and Devin Scott, ukulele Russ, who's coming to Melbourne um, this year, of course. When I'm overseas, which is really inconvenient. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we tried to line that up, but it'll happen one day. Yeah. And, um, and Uke Republic, um, who have become, you know, wonderful friends now. And um, that's where I bought this beautiful koaloa, you know. So, yeah, it's just a really great experience to go to the U.S. festivals. And I think that they're kind of similar to the Australian festivals in that, you know, you've got a lot of the same elements. You've got really great acts. You've got a lot of worship workshops. Um, you've got open mic. And so I played in the open mic at Tampa Bay. And I think because no one knew who I was, they weren't really expecting much. And then I played in the shadows and like the whole crowd just erupted. It was like, whoa, what happened here? (laughs) And people's expectations are usually fairly low at an open mic Mm -hmm. because anyone can do it. So, yeah, to have someone who actually knows what they're doing is always a lovely surprise. Yeah, (laughs) it was really special. It was good. I believe you had another song you were going to play for me. Because we've been, you're being very special, being very generous, doing three songs, which is awesome. Thank you. <laughs> the more songs, the better. I love the songs. So, in addition to playing ukulele and trying to improve my skills on ukulele, I'm also always trying to improve my vocals. And in doing so, I've really worked out that my voice is really nicely suited to jazz, uh, in particular jazz standards. And 
something about that music really resonates with me. So as much as I love all my singer-songwriter stuff and, you know, writing songs, it's definitely a passion. Um, I'm also just as passionate about jazz standards and I just really love singing those songs. Standards like Fly Me to the Moon, All of Me, um, The Way You Look Tonight, like Fever, you know, all of these really great songs. Um, and, you know, it's in doing that, I kind of have started working with jazz ensemble. So no, you could just turn up and sing. But it's kind of hard to find people that can help you and accompany you regularly. Yeah. So I can sing along fine to a backing track, but it kind of gets a bit boring after a while. And I thought, well, I should probably just learn how to play these on the uke. And so I thought I'd start with a slow one (laughs) because these chords are hard. Like they're the kind of chords that, you know, even the most experienced guitarist will look at them and go, yeah, no, (laughs) good luck with that. Although sometimes on ukulele, because I've done a bit of jazz on ukulele, Mm -hmm. and sometimes it is just finding the right progression and the right, and the right, position you do tend to go up the neck a lot with jazz yeah and because i'm working on exploring the neck and the fretboard a lot more it it really does lend itself to that so i'm having a lot of fun by exploring and playing these beautiful you know timeless jazz standard songs um and i think the effect is really nice Mm -hmm. so i think that um, moving forward chantelle and uke will probably be you know, singer-songwriter stuff and probably a lot more jazz moving forward. I'm I'm absolutely in favour of that. I love the jazz standards too. Yeah, Yeah. they're great. So what are you going to play? Well, um, when I was younger, do you remember back back in the early 2000s how everyone had those um, sun visor CD racks in in their car and you would have those CDs (laughs) in your car? I had one of those, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is in the days before streaming, kids. In the days before streaming, um, we used to have to have CD um, visor things on our car and um, one of the CDs that would always be on repeat would be Nora Jones and I was naive enough to think that Nora Jones had written all of her songs Ah. I didn't realise they were all jazz standards until recently Um, and this song has always been one of my favourites of her her songs and this is um, actually a Hoagie Carmichael song I know that now Um, and it's The Nearness of You It's not the pale moon that excites me, that thrills and delights me, oh no. It's just the nearness of you. It isn't your sweet conversation. That brings this sensation, oh no, it's just the nearness of you. When you're in my arms, and I feel you so close to me, oh my Enchant me if you 
It's a great song. It did. You, you do have a good voice for jazz. You're right. It's, it's, yeah. it, it, it suits it really, really well. Yeah. So there's a um, a whole folder of music that I've got from my jazz vocals, and now I'm sort of pouring through them, going, "How do I learn these chords?" And um, and a lot of it is um, shapes. So it's figuring out those shapes and being able to identify that shape and just find the corresponding fret that relates yep. to that that particular chord in that shape. Um, so a lot of it is that. And, and I'm hoping to progress a lot more with that in the you know in the next couple of years, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's a really good thing to do. Yeah. And I think again, it's a differentiator because you, you, if you have something like that, not everyone plays jazz on ukulele, but it works really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially on my beautiful ukulele. Oh, look, everything <laughs> sounds good on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think jazz is definitely where I'm headed, um, and 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 songwriting stuff as well. So. I'm, I'm still writing. I'm writing lots of new songs um, at the moment. I've got a couple on the go. Um, and I guess, you know, learning all of these new techniques, I'm starting to put a lot of that into my songs as well. Um, often I write songs, I try and incorporate a technique into whatever it is I'm writing. So if I'm struggling, because I'm still kind of new to the ukulele, I've only been playing four years, um, you know, the In the Shadows song I played before, um, I wasn't very good at chunking. Ah, and so I yeah. included the chunk to make yeah. myself practice it. Um, I struggled with um, the B minor chord, you know, cause the bar. Yeah. Um, so I wrote a song that has a lot of B minors in it. Um, you know, I was struggling with picking. So, you know, I was struggling with a 4 1 3 2. So, you know, just working on those techniques. Um, and at the moment, I'm exploring a lot of hammer ons. So I've got a new song. I won't share that one with you now, but you know, just just playing with hammer-ons. So you could do this sort of thing. Um, it's just really beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so I think that as I'm learning more on the ukulele, I'm wanting to add that into my music and into my songs, and hopefully into the jazz stuff as well. Well, it's time for that question. The question. <laughs> Which I think you've already answered, but we're going to do it formally at the end. Formally, okay. <laughs> How has ukulele changed your life? Completely. <laughs> um, I've gone from someone who was relatively shy and introverted about this stuff, um, who was definitely too scared to take, a, to take a risk. If people overheard me singing just absentmindedly, you know, I would change the subject. You know, I would try and get out of it. Um, and it's just given me the confidence, you know, the other thing is I've run out of annual leave days. That's, I used to get into trouble for having too many annual leave days. <laughs> oh, I've never had that problem. Uh, and you know, and now I'm like constantly like, where am I going next? And I have to ration my annual leave and I'm getting out and I'm exploring the world and meeting amazing people. And, you know, ukulele festivals in particular, like I meet so many people, not just the headline acts or the other performers or, you know, but just people who are attending the festival and you jam with them in their campsite or, you know, and some of, you know, these people have just become such beautiful friends from all the festivals that I get to. And it's just expanded my entire world. And it's all because 
of this one tiny little instrument, the ukulele. Yeah. It's amazing. It is amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking to me tonight. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Ukulele is the New Black is produced by me, Meredith Harper. I wrote the theme tune and I performed it with Jasmine Fellows, Jeff Skellums, Jim Croft, Paul Marsh, Chris Williams and Sandra Shaw. Seb Carrero does the graphic design. If you want more information about any of the things mentioned in today's podcast, I have links in the show notes as well as a playlist with songs relating to today's episode on the Ukulele is a New Black YouTube channel. If you enjoy this podcast, there's a lot of ways you can support me. You can give me money on Patreon, which I always like, especially at the moment. You can buy some merch at ukuleleisnewblack.com or you can just give the podcast a rating or a review or tell your friends. Episodes are released every second Monday and you can subscribe pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. I'll be back with another episode in two weeks. Now, I remember when we talked on the phone, there were a heap of things you told me, and I wrote them down, and I've forgotten where I put those things I wrote down. (laughs) (laughs) But there were some things I was going to ask you about. What were those things I was going to ask you about? I don't know. No, I don't know either. Because it's the new black.